Hello, I'm Robin Gallagher and welcome to Ripples. Throughout our program, a series of guest speakers will share words of wisdom from their life experience and we will offer you a series of meditations so that you can take some time just to stop and listen to that voice within, that voice of the Spirit. So come and enjoy some inspired voices and treasured stillness and allow the ripple effect to begin. Welcome back to Ripples. In this final episode for 2020, I invite previous guests and colleagues to reflect on the practices that have supported and sustained them throughout 2020. Amongst the smorgasbord of life-giving practices, there are some common touchstones that I would love to share with you today. These five touchstones have provided a way to navigate the uncharted waters we have all faced and pathways to experience the loving support of God. And whilst critical to 2020, these life-giving practices are also paramount to the new year which awaits. They have the capacity to make a difference to our own lives and to the many people with whom we interact. I recently heard an interview with Matthew McConaughey where he shared the story of his new book, Green Lights. In this interview, Matthew explained that he has journaled throughout his life, from his teenage years and through his 20s, 30s, 40s, until this present day. He said that the journals are filled with stories of times when things were going well and experienced success and other periods which were very challenging. Matthew highlighted that over the years, the journals provided some really helpful insights. During periods where things were not going so well, he would go back to the journals and look at what he was doing when things were flowing and he was in a better place personally. He saw that there were some common elements. It may have been that he was eating well or getting enough sleep or, or was very clear with his values. As he recognised these patterns and identified the activities and behaviours that allowed him to be at his best, he was more able to draw on them when things got bumpy. He called these his green lights. With this in mind, I wanted to invite all of us to take a moment to sit back and look back over this past year of 2020. The season of Advent is such a special time to step back and to see where God has been in our year. Whilst you may not have kept a journal, I encourage you to take a moment to mentally look back over this past year and to see which practices or experiences supported you or sustained you throughout this time. Throughout the year, I was very drawn to seeing what people were doing to manage the challenges they faced. I was struck by the different ways people approached this, but also the common touchstones. I call them touchstones as I believe that these are the elements which have grounded us when we have felt either lost at sea or thrown by the waves of uncertainty and life. I would love to share some of these five common touchstones with you. They may provide a language for your own experience or may even provide you with a new pathway. I am very mindful, however, that for our listeners in different parts of the world, that these touchstones may not speak to you in the same way as your restrictions and periods of isolation have been far longer than those of us in Australia. 
I hope that you may still be able to nuance these with your own life experience and wisdom. One of the most consistent elements across the smorgasbord of ideas was that people were very drawn to some sort of daily ritual. I was greatly interested to read in a recent article by Dimitris Zygalitas that anthropologists have long observed that people across cultures tend to perform more rituals in times of uncertainty. He went on to say that it is not surprising then that people around the world are responding to the coronavirus crisis by creating new rituals. He suggests that some of those rituals are meant to provide a sense of structure and reclaim the sense of control. These rituals vary in many ways. Comedian Jimmy Kimmel and his wife encouraged those in quarantine to hold formal Fridays, dressing up for dinner, even if they were alone. The coffee ritual is one that I'm sure so many of us would relate to. This has been a long-standing ritual of importance. However, this year it gained a whole other level of significance. It became one of the only times of the day where someone left their home or saw other adults in the community. There is something about this ritual, apart from the caffeine, which prepares people for the day ahead. Many of the people I spoke to and received emails from spoke about rituals that allowed them to become centred in some way and to connect into that voice within, the voice of God. These rituals provided deep roots and an anchor to weather the storms of 2020. These daily rituals included meditation, praying the scriptures in the morning, journaling, listening to worship music or entering into a daily conversation with God. And for others, these rituals were an embodied experience of presence or prayer and included a morning run, cycle, swim, yoga or a daily walk in nature. Katie Gillies expressed that for her, the reflective walks and moments of sitting in contemplation allowed her to see things more clearly and to feel the presence of God. She said, These are times when I can actually hear the Spirit whisper in my heart and acknowledge the wisdom that continually awaits me there. Let it wash me with love and rest. These moments help to sustain me through the next moments of juggling the joys and despairs of parenting, work and caring with the hands of Jesus. Another dear friend, Susan Nalen, expressed, My most important ritual has been waking each new day and going to my prayer and stillness chair and entering into conscious, deep silence and stillness. Regardless of what was happening, this beginning to the day brought calm. Through being still and listening came a strong sense of that calm being radiated out. It didn't just belong to me. It was a gift that just naturally welled up and moved within and moved through me to beyond me. I didn't do it. It is the nature of calm and grace. All I need to do is turn up and stay in that still point for a period of time and return to it throughout the day. The second touchstone was relationships, connecting with family, friends or pets. For the first time in many of our lives, our ability to connect with family and friends was far more restricted than ever. Whilst there were some who appreciated not having to connect with as many people, it was clearly evident that this human need for connection was so vital. 
Many responded that much strength was gained from family throughout the year. For some, this connection was experienced in the home and this extra time together was relished and embraced. For others, however, this extended time together in the home brought additional stress and challenges. For some, this connection was created through standing on balconies and speaking with neighbours from a distance. And for others, it required navigating new technologies such as Zoom. Catherine Halston spoke about the value of having this medium and of how her family used Zoom to celebrate significant family events, including birthday celebrations, cooking classes, anniversaries, or just for a catch-up. Kath also commented that Zoom was a way that our neighbourhood kept the community spirit alive during lockdown. We had a virtual day at the races and family trivia nights. She expressed that it was a way to feel connected during a challenging time and helped bring some brightness and fun to our families in lockdown. This need to be in relationship and to feel connected is so strong within the human condition and in some ways I believe our inability to do this heightened our desire for it. As we move forward, I sense that our appreciation of these moments together will also be heightened. The third touchstone was creativity. This extra time at home and the closure of some businesses prompted many people to explore new and innovative ways of doing things. It prompted many creatives to take the bold step to begin to paint, play and write. It prompted so many of us to look at new ways of doing things or new possibilities. You may recall my conversation with Tim Hart, who created Prey School, and and even this podcast. Both of these projects were dreamt during a time of uncertainty and change. Tim commented that for him, creativity was a way of maintaining a spirit of joy and unity. Creativity takes us beyond ourselves and into the present moment. It invites others into a space and promotes connection. I suspect that over this next year we will continue to see the fruits of this time creatively. The fourth touchstone was gratitude. Amidst all of the challenges and disappointments, there was a deep calling to still find little pieces of light, little pieces of joy. People intuitively recognise that if we focused purely on the limitations and restrictions, we may end up feeling overwhelmed. In response to this, There's been a genuine effort by so many to express their gratitude for whatever that may be. There's a great film which is called Celebrate What's Right with the World. It's the story of a man called Dewitt Jones. Dewitt was a photographer for National Geographic. And in this film, he shares his extraordinary experience and insights as he pursued this profession. He explained that in his early years, he went in search of the perfect photo lighting, scenery or expression. But over time he found that this really limited him and his work. Over time he came to discover the gift in every place he went to, whatever the the apparent conditions might be. Dewitt Jones commented that he began to approach each assignment with a commitment to celebrate what's right. He firmly believed and stated, I won't see it until I believe it. Dewitt highlighted that our vision of what we look for controls our perception. He said, everywhere I looked, 
there would be amazing beauty. And he began to see this in nature and in the people he met along the way. And like any practice, as you begin to celebrate what's right in the world, you begin to discover more. In a recent article by Joan Chittister, she also spoke about the value of gratitude. She said we need to stop and thank God consciously for the good things of the day. We spend so much time wanting things to be better that we fail to see our real gifts. There are banquets in our life and we don't enjoy them because we are always grasping for something more. The perfect schedule, the perfect work, the perfect friend, the perfect community. We have to realise that God's gifts are all around us. That joy is an attitude of mind, an awareness that my life is basically good. And finally, the fifth touchstone was having something to look forward to. The singer, Kenny Rogers, once said, you need three things to be happy. He said, someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Over this past year, more events have been cancelled or postponed than I can ever remember. Weddings, concerts, sporting events, theatre productions, graduations, and this only tips the iceberg. I distinctly remember a conversation I had with one of our teachers. She said that she felt like she was consistently the bearer of bad news, informing her class of the next cancelled event. It was this that really prompted so many of us to consciously consider what is there to look forward to today or this week or this next month? What do our students have to look forward to? And from this, new rituals were created. We all need to have something to look forward to, whatever it might be. We see this in full expression at Christmas. During this time of Advent, we look towards Christmas with a sense of excitement and hope. For some, this time of Christmas can be a very unsettling time, reigniting family hurts and tensions. And for that reason alone, it may not be something to look forward to. But when we begin to see that this message of Christmas is not contained on one day, we can see the gift in it. Christmas reminds us to look forward in hope and to see the goodness and possibilities in life, to see evidence of new life in ourselves, in others and in the world around us. This year has prompted each one of us to be more intentional in our choices, to reflect on what we are doing with our time and to consciously make decisions about how we spend it. I was really taken by a conversation I had recently with Mari Harris. She expressed that one of the things that has sustained her this year was that she was able to challenge some of the shoulds in her life. The inevitable guilt that we can feel as we parent, accompany, work or live I should have helped, I should have done better or made myself available. The restrictions and the isolation provided us with a window to stop the normal cycle of tasks and to pause, to look at the many shoulds and potentially discern what we are now willing or able to take on. So as we prepare for 2021, I encourage each one of you to consider the power of these five touchstones. I encourage you to find your daily ritual for inner connection, 
to nurture your key relationships, to pursue something creative, to be grateful and to find what's right with the world and to ensure that you have things to look forward to. And like anything, it takes time for a new practice to become fully integrated into your life. I was greatly humbled by a conversation I shared with Suze Marden recently, where she explained how she had grown into her daily ritual throughout this year. She said, My touchstone for 2020 was growing a contemplative practice through regular times of stillness, silence and solitude. She explained it involves waking earlier and spending some time reading and meditating. This practice evolved slowly over the year, starting with short and inconsistent periods of time until it naturally grew into a daily practice that now fits the rhythm of my life and soul. So with any touchstone you take on, remember to be gentle with yourself and remember that it takes time to develop a new pattern or rhythm for your day. My prayer is that you will find spaces in the coming weeks to stop and connect with the practices that sustain you, and that as you do this, you will hear that voice of God that wants to remind you of your goodness. And mixed into all of this is the importance of having a sense of humour, My almost teenage daughter said to me just last week, she said, Mum, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but have you thought about wearing a bit more makeup? I had to to laugh. If I didn't, I'd probably cry. But, But seriously, there are moments in our lives when the only saving grace is our sense of humour, a real gift from God. Thank you so much for being with us this year and for all your support for the program. Ripples will be taking a short pause during the Christmas holidays. However, we would love you to join us again next year in February when the program returns. We can't wait to share some more conversations with extraordinary people as well as moments of treasured stillness. Wishing you all a wonderful Christmas and a very happy new year. May the birth of Christ bring a new sense of life and hope in your lives and in our world. Go gently, and I look forward to being with you next year.